Welcome to the Change Your Latitude podcast. I'm your host, Pascal, a coach for conscious, creative, and unconventional entrepreneurs. In this space, we'll explore solutions to move through the blocks that can often keep us away from living our most creative life. You'll also hear stories from inspiring people just like you and how they were able to redesign their life and their business mindfully. I've created this podcast because we need more conscious leaders like you. Together, we'll help you unlearn old programming, ground into your truth, and take action confidently on what truly makes a difference. I'm really grateful that you're here. Let's dive right into this episode. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Change Your Latitude podcast, and also the last episode of this season, most likely, unless I change my mind. Um, I know I just took a three-month break from the podcast this summer, which was not planned, and you can learn more about this story in the last episode that I just released. But I'll also be taking a bit more time to rest and to reflect on what this next season of the podcast will look like for us. So as always, this is an open conversation we're having. You're more than welcome to reach out and just let me know which topics you'd like for us to explore next. I have many ideas, but I would love to hear from you. And today I'm chatting with Amanda Joyce Weber. She's a mindset and sales coach and she also hosts the One Simple Shift podcast. And I wanted to bring her on the podcast to help you navigate the discomfort, the anxiety, the fears that we navigate when it comes to pricing our work, especially as artists, especially as creative entrepreneurs. A lot of us bought into this starving artist story and Amanda shares very practical tips to help you sell with integrity. So I hope this conversation serves you well today. Let's dive right into it. Hello, Amanda. Welcome to the podcast. I'm really, really happy to chat with you today. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to have this conversation. I'm excited as well because I know many of my listeners struggle with putting themselves out there and being seen and sharing their offers and selling their gifts. And, you know, I think it's part of conditioning, believing that artists cannot make money and this starving artist syndrome and artists are broke. So I'm just really looking forward to that conversation because I know it's going to be extremely helpful uh, for the listeners. But before we dive into the topic, I would absolutely love for you to share more about you and the work that you do as a sales and mindset coach. Yes, absolutely. So I am Amanda Joyce Weber, and I am a mindset and sales coach who loves supporting female entrepreneurs who are struggling behind the scenes to shift their mindset, own their expertise, gain visibility, and close sales on repeat so they can truly thrive in life and business. So I am just all about building a business that feels really freaking good to you, really doing the work to work through those stories that hold us back because I really believe that the actions are the easy part when it comes to running a business. And it is all of the thoughts that stand in our way that make it so much harder to actually take action and see the results we want. So that is what I love supporting my clients and shifting. And that is why I feel so fired up to do this work. Mm, that's awesome. Thank you for the work that you do. I think it's very, very important. Thank you. Um, I was curious to know what led you to this journey. I know that you have worked uh, as well as a branding uh, designer. 
Mm-hmm. I believe so. So I'm, I was just curious because a lot of my listeners are also creative entrepreneurs. So I'm curious to know like what led you to this journey as a, as a coach now. Yes, absolutely. So it's probably, it's kind of a long story, but I'll see. That's okay. It always is. Right? So I'll see how much I can squeeze in here. But essentially, I started my career in New York City right out of college. I had a communications design degree and worked in New York City for almost five years. When I left my job, I was working at a large fashion brand in their marketing department, doing all sorts of amazing things, runway show invitations, um, capsule capsule collection collateral, which is a mouthful to say, Um, (laughs) all kinds of like amazing things that sounded great on paper and really should like should have (laughs) should have been the thing that made me excited to wake up every day and yet I had this lingering feeling that the life I was building was not actually the life I wanted so it was kind of this interesting moment when I was hauling my groceries home on the subway one night late after work I think I had gone to Target and I was on my way home and it just hit me that this was not the path I was meant to be on. This was not what I actually wanted. And it was this huge aha moment for me because I was so sick of my shoebox size apartment. I was so sick of my hour long commute to go not very far at all. I was so sick of my long distance relationship and like commuting to see my boyfriend, now husband. And I was just like, something has got to change. Like this is not the life that I wanted. And it sort of, I mean, that realization happened in an instant, but it really was a series of mindset shifts and overall big decisions and actions that led me to moving out west to Denver, Colorado with my boyfriend and starting my own design studio. And honestly, that was not the plan. (laughs) The plan was not to start my own business. The plan was to find another job here in Denver and just kind of, you know, keep going in a different location. We had been talking about how I really wanted a good art and design scene. He wanted to live somewhere with fresh air and he likes outdoor activities. So someplace he could go skiing and mountain biking and climbing and all that kind of good stuff. So We had kind of narrowed it down to like Denver, Boulder area, Portland, or Seattle. And then when he got a job offer out here, I was like, go and just figured, you know, I'll just find something else. Well, my full-time employer was nice enough to let me continue freelancing for them after the move. So I could basically, you know, get my feet wet here and figure out what I was doing next, which was amazing. And I had a bunch of red flag interviews where I was just like, it was very much that hustle culture, very much that Mm. like, you know, we expect you to work long hours ad agency vibe. And I was just like, "Mm, this is not what I want. Like I didn't leave everything to only go back to exactly the same Mm -hmm. thing in a different location. And that was what led me to start my own design studio. So I just kept getting clients. I just, which I mean, I realize that doesn't, it's not always as easy as that sounds, but I actually had a really great referral network. And what I found was that I was actually able to just like keep that going and keep getting clients and keep doing the thing. And what I found super interesting was, I mean, that business, I ran that design studio for three plus years. And what I found was that 
I was charging 10K for a website and there was a vast discrepancy between the people who would pay me and it would basically fall flat. They would have this gorgeous website, but they like wouldn't do anything with mm. it. And then I would have other clients who would have this amazing brand and website. They would go on to do incredible things. I've had clients go on and land pilots on HGTV. I've had them get products featured in anthropology, like really big results from really feeling good and confident in their brand, knowing that it was an exact representation of them. All of the amazing things we aim to do in design and I was like, there's gotta be, there's gotta be a way to help people more. There's gotta be a way to support people in the things that are actually going to make the biggest difference in their business. And what I found was that the common denominator there was really mindset and sales. Because the difference was people like essentially just like sitting on their hands and waiting for the people to come to them, that kind of like build it and they will come mentality. And the people who are actively going out there and, you know, securing those opportunities and reaching for the next thing and dreaming bigger and believing in themselves and their business. And that was the biggest difference, right? So it really... I didn't even know what mindset coaching was when mm. I had this pull to follow that direction, to follow that, that like nudge from the universe. But the more I looked into it and the more I learned, the more I found that the difference really was mindset. And that ultimately ended up being what made the biggest difference in my pivot as well. So it was something I really felt passionate about. And it's why I do the coaching work that I do today. Mm, that's super interesting how how it actually happened it's kind of I don't want to say random but you were really <laughs> curious about like what worked for certain clients and what didn't because like you said when you work in branding it, it can do so much to have the, the great website and like a solid brand essence and you just wish that it's gonna it's gonna work for your clients but then like you said if if they just sit there and and wait for people to to come to them then it's just uh it's a waste of a lot of time energy and money which i think it's super cool that you were curious about like what's the difference between those two types of clients which led you to to that path that's that's super interesting um i would be curious to know if well either as you were working in branding or now as a coach did you have to navigate those anxieties or those challenges around sales and mindset yourself can oh my gosh <laughs> I'm sure the, yes. the answer is yes but <laughs> I'm curious if you want to bring us on your journey totally so I remember when I first pivoted to coaching so pivoting to coaching was actually a really scary thing for me right mm because I actually think it's scarier to leave something that you've built up and is going really well than it is to leave something that you absolutely hate. Mm -hmm. So having done both of those things, I can tell you which one was easier. But I think that the, the fears there were like, I, you know, I put three plus years into the design studio. It's working. Like people are paying me for this. Like, does it really make sense to go in this other direction? Does it really make sense to follow my heart? And like the logical side of my brain would be like, oh no, it really doesn't. <laughs> But of course my heart was somewhere else. And I was like, no, I like really feel this pull towards coaching. But the interesting thing that happened there was that the design business was completely referral based, right? So it left me feeling like all the results in my business happened outside of me. And what I mean by that is 
I felt like I was constantly waiting for that next email to come through. I was constantly waiting for a past client to reach out and need something new. I was con I felt like I was just constantly waiting. Right. So it's kind of that sit on your hands thing we were talking about, um, in the design projects as well. Right. So I think that's super interesting because when I pivoted to coaching, it was this completely different experience where because I had no coaching network <laughs> that I could be like, hey, send me, send me some clients, right? <laughs> um, the way that I had in design, I essentially had to build a business from scratch, right? Which meant that I had to learn the basics of marketing. I had to really get comfortable gaining visibility. I really had to get comfortable selling and talking about what I did and pitching my offers. And all of these things that I felt like I had never really had to do in the first business all of a sudden became huge challenges in the second business. And honestly, this is why I do this work is because I had so many, I mean, I, I had every mindset challenge, like <laughs> you could probably possibly think of. I remember I used to literally break out in hives before I would get on a sales call. And I'm not exaggerating. I would get these like giant red welts on my chest, which isn't, isn't a great look by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it was, I was just so uncomfortable. Right. And I think that one of the biggest shifts for me there was understanding that that discomfort wasn't going to kill me. Right. Like mm -hmm. I could actually handle that and I could actually handle those conversations and that the discomfort didn't mean it was wrong or it didn't mean I was doing the wrong thing or going in the wrong direction. And I've actually learned to lean into that discomfort a lot as I've grown my business, because I've seen that the, the biggest results honestly are on the other side of that discomfort. Mm -hmm. So it was really by, well, one, getting the right support. This is like why I believe in coaching. This is why I do this work. This is, this is kind of the whole thing is because had I not had support, I really don't believe I ever would have gotten this business off the ground. And so getting support was huge. And then the other thing there is just learning how to sell in a way that felt good to me and a way that actually, you know, treated humans like humans instead mm -hmm. of just a sales number and just a series of mindset shifts around that, that just really helped me to feel good about selling and feel good about what I was doing and, and ultimately feel good about pitching and supporting people in the way that I do. But I mean, I won't lie. That is definitely not an overnight shift. That is something that I have repeatedly done the mindset work around so that I can build this business. So I think that like, you know, I mean, that's why I'm sitting here and I can be like, yeah, I've had the 10 K month. Like <laughs> I've done, like I've done the thing I've built the business, but it's because I did all of the mindset work around that to get to that point. Oh, absolutely. Makes a lot of sense. And something you mentioned that I, I really resonate with is when you said, you know, discomfort, some, sometimes it makes you think there's something wrong, which, which is not the case. You just have to lean into that discomfort and kind of prove to yourself that you can go through that, which totally. helps you, you know, build that confidence for sure and, and get on that second call and then that third call and, and so on. So that's extremely important to keep in mind. Um, and, I know you have this amazing podcast, One Simple Shift. Yes. <laughs> I would love to hear you about what, like, what's one shift the listeners could consider to change their, maybe their perspective around what selling is, because a lot of my listeners are struggling with, well, two 
main things around that theme. First, the starving artist story, which is all about, you know, artists cannot make money. And then because they're very sensitive and they don't want to sound pushy or salesy, uh, they don't always um, feel comfortable in sharing those those offers that they have. So I would love to hear you about like what could what could they consider to change your perspective around that? Totally. So I really believe in this concept of sincere sales. And what I mean by that is I want you to find what selling looks like for you. How can you sell in a sincere way? with integrity that actually supports the person you are selling to, to make an empowered decision about what it is that they're buying. So typically our thoughts around selling are pretty deeply connected to past experiences, experiences we've had where we have either been the person selling and we felt really freaking uncomfortable about that. So like think back to, I don't know, when I was a kid, it was like going door to door selling wrapping paper. I can't think of something like less exciting that a child would want to sell, but <laughs> that like that just was never, it never felt good to me, right? It always felt like you were trying to convince someone to buy something. You were trying, like you were already unwanted because no one really wants anyone ringing their doorbell unexpected anyway, right? So all of those feelings that were associated with that were something that I took into the concept of sales later in life. So it was really understanding the root cause of that that helped me to shift that because I was like, oh, a lot of this is just previous programming. A lot of this is just previous feelings I've had around sales or selling that didn't feel good to me. And that's what I'm bringing to this experience now. So that's one side of it. The other side of it is a time when you have been sold to when you didn't necessarily feel comfortable or like the person was in integrity or you just didn't feel good about that situation, right? So I think this is when we start hearing things like, I don't want to feel like a used car salesman. I just don't want to come across as too salesy. All of those kind of mindset blocks that come up there because it was probably a time when you didn't feel like you were fully empowered to make a decision around what it was that you were buying. Perhaps mm -hmm. you felt like there wasn't really an out. You felt like you couldn't say no. You felt like you were being pressured into it. There were some, some sort of feelings are coming up for you there. So I would honestly, I would get your journal out and I would write down like, what are the thoughts and feelings that I have in my earliest memory of sales, right? And really get clear on that. And then look at what you've brought forward. Look at what that story is now. Is that still true for you? And then what do you actually want to be true around sales? Mm -hmm. What do you want to believe around selling? And this is where you get to flip the script. This is where you get to decide what it is that you want to be true. Because selling is not in itself a dirty or icky thing. I truly believe that. I really believe that selling is serving, right? And we can't have a successful, sustainable business if we're not making money, right? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's just a hobby. So there needs to be some sort of sale involved and it doesn't have to feel bad. In fact, I encourage you to sell in a way that actually feels good. So if selling felt good to you, what would that look like? And this is a super interesting question to ask yourself because like you were saying earlier with the starving artist syndrome and feeling like you can't actually get paid for your work, what like 
we just get to decide what that looks like, right? Like that is not something that is universally true. Like go and look for examples of people who are selling their work in your industry and are making good money for it. Rack up that evidence, find that evidence for yourself, that that is not a universal truth. And then choose what you want to believe instead. Choose what you want to believe around sales. Choose that you can make money doing what you love. Choose that your creativity is valued. These are all thoughts that are 100% available to you in this moment. Mm -hmm. However, most of us don't recognize that we get to choose thoughts that feel better and more empowering thoughts. So this is a huge game changer when it comes to selling because our brain, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> words, our brains believe the things that we tell it most often, not the thing that's necessarily true, right? Mm -hmm. So this is where you get to really repeat that new, better feeling, more empowering belief so that you can start to really anchor into that. Now, this isn't something that will happen overnight. This is not something you write in a journal once and you never have to look at again. This is something that you will actually actively shift, but you will actively choose each and every day. But if you continue to do that mindset work, it will shift things for you in a massive way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love uh, the practical tip that you gave to, to kind of grab your journal and get curious about like, what would it look like for me if sales felt, you know, good for me and just to get curious about what comes up. And I feel, um, and let me know, If, if you have any advice around that, but I feel a lot of my listeners, um, they're a bit more quiet or introverted. And we have this idea of selling is loud and flashy and you have to get into people's space, uh, which doesn't help when you're not that type of person. Do you have any maybe practical tips around like for introverts or for sensitive people and creative people? What, what is a way that could, that could, um, that sales could feel good for them specifically. Totally. So I know that you're big on curiosity and I think that's something that we can totally use to our advantage here because that is one of the best sales tools you can have, right? So most people want to feel seen, heard, and understood. That's like one of our human desires at our core, right? And typically when things start to feel salesy, it's because we don't feel like we're being seen, heard, or understood. Mm -hmm, so one absolutely. of those things is missing. So one of the things you can do here is really understand the person that you're talking to, right? So I really believe that sales is just a conversation with an invitation attached, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're having a conversation, you're probably asking questions. You're probably getting curious. You're probably aiming to understand. You're probably reflecting back exactly what they're telling you. And all of those are I mean, if you ever took a sales course, those are things they're going to tell you to do anyway, but most of us do that intuitively without even recognizing it, without even calling it sales. So it's probably something you're already good at. You're just not viewing it from that lens. So curiosity is one of the best things you can do here. So I would really just get curious, start asking questions. Most of us are really good at having conversations, even if you're an introvert, like even if you're a sensitive person, you've definitely had a conversation before, right? So you can really just get curious, ask questions, start understanding, start 
talking to someone, right? And then that invitation part is so important here too, right? Because we don't just want to ask questions. We want to position what we're selling or our offer as the solution. Of course, only if it actually is the solution. I think people get confused here too, because mm-hmm. they're like, they're like, oh, but they actually wouldn't be a good fit, but now I'm supposed to sell them on. No, no, no. this is where integrity comes in. Like you get to decide if they're actually a good fit for what you're selling, but if they are, then there's nothing holding you back from making an invitation. There is nothing holding you back from making an offer and saying something like, I think you would be a really good fit for my copywriting services, my design services, my XYZ package, um, this painting that I have back here, whatever it is. And positioning that as the solution to what it is that they have reflected that they want. Absolutely nothing icky, gross, Mm -hmm. wrong, anything about that, right? Because you're just really aiming to listen and then reflect back that you have a solution. You can actually help this person. And then they get to make an empowered decision. Then they get to decide. So you can use that question skill again here. Make a direct ask. Do you feel like this painting would fit in the spot you're looking to put it in your Mm -hmm. home? Do you feel like this copywriting offer was what you were looking for? Do you feel like this is the best next step for you? Do you have a direct ask there? And are you being clear? Brene Brown says being clear is kind. And I really do believe that. When things start to feel icky is when you're not quite sure what someone's after. When you're not quite sure what's going on here. If you're not quite sure they want to work with you. If you're not quite sure, like those are all the the times when we start to get really freaking uncomfortable. But if you're actually saying like, is this the thing you want? maybe not quite that direct, but you know, like, is this what you were looking for? Is this the best next step? You're being clear enough for them to, to react, right? You're being clear enough so that there is no gap in communication there. And that is actually super useful for both parties. And it's going to help you feel good about selling and them feeling good about saying yes. Mm -hmm. I love, love, love that. A couple of things that you mentioned, especially for introverts uh you know we are usually great listeners and it's a gift when it comes to sales you know sometimes we don't even think about that but the fact that we're naturally very curious and we ask good questions and we listen and we're present with the the person is is probably the best thing the best quality you can have as a salesperson so that's Mm -hmm. that's super super uh important when it comes to sales and and also when you were saying it like you need to be clear. This is also something very, very important because I know um, some entrepreneurs offer, for example, a consultation call, but it's a bit like vague. And so for sure, you are also going to feel like it's a bit icky because the, the, the objective of the call is not clear. Like when it's clear that it's a discovery call because you're interested in that coaching container and we're just trying to see if we're a good match and answer your questions, then it's easier for you to share your offers. Whereas if it's like a a vague type of consultation call that you don't really know like what's gonna what's going on, then it's a bit uh more tricky to 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 be clear and to sell, I guess. Yeah. Well I one thing that comes up for me 
there too is you can create that safety within mm -hmm. that sales container right mm -hmm. so this is part of our job in sales is to create that safety and allow it to be a safe space so yeah. every single person that hops on one of my free coaching calls that i offer my free sincere sales coaching call that's aimed at really helping you to understand what your biggest mindset block is around sales and helping you to shift it every single one of those calls i remind people what it is that this call is actually about what they booked <laughs> because you'd be surprised like sometimes you book that thing like a week out and you're like wait what was it what did i book so i always remind them what it is that they booked what we're doing today and then i say and then if it feels like a good fit i'd love to chat about how we could mm -hmm. work together further does that feel good to you and I think two things are happening there. One, I'm creating that safety in that container because they know exactly what they can expect of the call. They can relax a little bit. <laughs> and then the other thing there is like, I'm only going to pitch you if it's a good fit. And the reason I do that is because I want them to know and I want them to have that buy-in too, right? If like, I've never had this happen. I've never had someone be like, oh no, like I definitely don't want to hear about how we could work together further, right? Like, I think that that's just like so helpful though, because getting that buy-in, asking that question, like, does that feel good to you? allows them to to feel empowered to feel like they're already in the driver's seat to mm -hmm. feel like they're capable of making their own decisions because again going back to what we've been talking about earlier like when it starts not feel good is when we feel pressured we don't feel in our power we feel like we have to say yes to something like there's always that buy-in right and i think that's just so helpful in creating that safe container and I mean, honestly, like that's what has helped me to sell in a way that feels good to me is like that safety of having people know, like, it's okay. You can relax. I'm not going to mm. force you to buy anything you don't want is just like so incredibly helpful. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And to just be clear about like what the call is about and, and also having this conversation in a very empowering way like you said so that they feel like they're in a driver's seat because they are and to just be there to provide any information that they need so that they can make the right decisions for themselves you know make a sound decision with any information that they need so that's pretty much what a sales call is about right totally i mean it's more about like informing and building mm -hmm. a relationship right yeah. like i think that that's like that's kind of the whole thing like most of us i think it's so funny because sometimes i get people who are like well I just feel like people should be buying from like the emails I'm sending out or I just feel like people should be buying from like the one dm I sent and it's like I mean, most of us are selling like a premium offering for thousands of dollars. So like, when was the last time you bought something for thousands of dollars and you didn't want to talk to an actual human being first? Like hardly ever I would be willing to bet. So I think just remembering that like, it's a completely normal part of the process to want to talk to someone, to want to have a better understanding, to want to have a relationship before you move forward, before you exchange money that's just like a normal part of the process. Like I'm pretty sure we all want that. So I think like when we can embrace that without making it wrong, like that's when sales starts to feel really good. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you mentioned, you know, uh, we, we would love to think that we just have to send one email and people are going to buy. But like you said, we, all of us or most of us have 
containers that are a few thousand dollars. So for sure, it's very important to talk to someone. And it's also important to show up kind of consistently on any platform that you're in. A lot of people are, are on Instagram. And I was just curious concretely if you had any advice or guidance for people that are maybe a bit... Um, a bit scared of showing up on Instagram and actually being clear and sharing their offers in a very clear way. Yeah, totally. So I think like one thing I would say here is like no one is digging to the depths of the internet to find the (laughs) one person that is promoting their offers the least. And I know that sounds like funny for me to say, and we're like, yeah, I get it. Of course they're not. But (laughs) if you're on the other side of this, like I remember I was um, searching for a photographer for my bridal shower and it was like an out of state bridal shower and I had a particular style and a particular budget and a particular event day. And I can't tell you how difficult it was to actually find someone for that Mm. event. And that was because I had to dig through a lot of people and it was actually pretty difficult. But if you think of like, that was surface level hard and there were tons of people out there promoting themselves. Like it's even harder if you're not out there promoting yourself, right? Mm -hmm. It's even harder for your people to find you. And we don't want to make it hard for our people to find us because that makes it harder for us to get paid. So, so when you're being upfront, when you're front and center, when you're top of mind, when you're reminding them how it is that you can work with them, that's the person they're going to go with. That's the person they're want, going to want to move forward with because that's the person who's being clearest about what they do and how they can help and how they can, you know, how they can actually buy. And that's ultimately what we look for in a sales process, right? We don't want to jump through hoops to buy something. Mm -hmm. We want to make it easier for our clients and customers to purchase. So that's one thing I would remember there. And the other thing I would remember is you're probably going to sound like a broken record in your marketing. And that's actually what we're going for because that's how you become known for something. When you say the same thing over and over and over and over again, and you are that clear, that is how you become memorable. When you're shifting up your messaging every other week, when you're shifting up your offers every other week, when you're like, I already talked about that topic. I don't know if I should talk about that again. Like those are the thoughts that are standing in your way from actually just showing up and sharing what you have to offer. And that's what we're looking to shift, right? So just a massive dose of permission there Mm -hmm. to keep saying it. Like (laughs) the point at which you feel like you're a broken record is probably the point at which you are just scratching the surface of talking about it enough. Mm -hmm. Absolutely agree. And, you know, also some two things that I kind of try my clients to help them remember is people that are following you, they have free will. If they don't want to be there, they can definitely you know, leave. The fact that they're there is because they want to hear about what you have to offer because they resonate with what you're doing in your mission in in some kind of way. So that's very important to keep in mind. And also the most important thing to keep in mind is when you have this important mission and you want to make that impact in people's lives, you cannot do that if you're not sharing about it. So if you're not sharing about your gifts and sharing about your offers, you're not helping yourself. You're not supporting your, your own life, but you're also not supporting anyone because no one knows about it. Totally. I mean, and that's like, that's kind of what we're here to do. Like, I know Mm -hmm. that it's really easy to look at a business as like a selfish thing or as something that you're 
that's only benefiting you. But like most of us are actually doing this work because of the impact that it has, because we want to help people, because we know it serves our audience in a meaningful way. And when you can bring that into the equation, when you can understand like, yes, it serves you because you're getting paid for it. And ultimately that's what creates a sustainable and successful business. But like, it's by way of helping the people you're here to help, mm-hmm. then it becomes so much easier because it really, it, it really does take both. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for all these great pieces of advice. I know it's going to be so helpful for the listeners because I, I know it's something a lot of people struggle with. And uh, I, I really appreciate your time and, and your help for the listeners today. So as we wrap up this conversation, I would love for people to know where they can find you. Totally. So you can come hang out with me on Instagram at Amanda Joyce Weber, or I also host the One Simple Shift podcast where each week we go in depth on one simple actionable mindset shift you can implement today that completely shifts the way you show up daily so you can truly thrive in life and business. So I would love for you to tune in over there. Um, And of course, you can always book a sincere sales coaching call with me. Those are absolutely free 30 minute calls where we get to the root of your biggest mindset challenge around sales so you can shift it and start converting with more ease. Um, So that's at amandajoyceweber.com slash sincere sales. Love that. Thank you so, so much for, for being here today, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Thank you for listening to the Change Your Latitude podcast. I'm really grateful that you're here and I would love to connect with you. You can find me at changeyourlatitude.co to learn more about my coaching partnerships and also book a free discovery call. That's also where you can sign up to join Letters to a Wildflower, my bi-weekly newsletter where I share business and mindset guidance and also journal prompts to help you navigate entrepreneurship. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media and with a friend that might need the conversation. I would be so grateful if you could leave a review or a rating on any podcast platform. It really helps the podcast grow and reach more people that might need this message. Thank you for listening and I'll speak to you soon.